Welcome to Issues Now, conversations about equity. I'm your host, Hannah Gray, and we are so glad that you have joined us today to talk about equity. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. This is Hannah Gray, your host of Issues Now, conversations about equity. And today we're beginning a new series in the show, and this series is entitled From History to Healing, and I cannot take any credit for that name um, or most of the things that we're going to talk about over the next three episodes. I have three of the most amazing teachers in the whole country on my screen with me today, and they came up with this sort of series project, and we have been working collaboratively to to put this together. And so we wanted to start off this series with first introducing who they are, and then also just kind of talking about what exactly this series is going to be about and why we all think it's so important. So on the show with me today, and also for the next three episodes, I have um, our Cumberland County Schools current teacher of the year, Nicole Rivers. She was on one time in the fall. Um, we also have the Cumberland County Schools current runner-up teacher of the year. Is that the correct title? Um, <laughs> Chris Lucas, he's been on the show twice. He is a big supporter of the podcast, and um, he is also in charge of an initiative here in Cumberland County called Academic Outreach, which is a big equity initiative here in Cumberland County. And then I'm so excited we are joined by the former Cumberland County Schools Teacher of the Year, who went on to become the Regional Teacher of the Year and the State Teacher of the Year and is now a finalist for the National Teacher of the Year, Ms. Maureen Stover. So I am definitely in the presence of greatness today, and I feel honored to be here in the presence of greatness. So we're going to start this episode as we do every episode. If each of you would just unmute and um, tell us a little bit about yourselves and why equity work is important to you. Hey, thank you so much, Hannah, for having me again. I am extremely excited and thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, Equity work is so important to me because it impacts everyone. Um, It impacts those who are subjected to unequitable circumstances, and it impacts those who are benefiting from those unequitable circumstances. And so I think that it is important that we identify those things and that we do what we can to even the playing field in a way that everyone has the opportunity for the same successes. Thank you again, Hannah, uh, for, for having me on the show. I think equity work is important because public education is uh, is the gateway uh, for for all students, and you know it is the it is the role of for public education to be the most uh, equitable institution that our country can possibly offer, and and you know unless we are really focused on equity, we can't fulfill uh, the ideals and the promises that um, that you know, United States of America was founded on. And I think, you know, for, for our work with equity, uh, it's important for, I think, all individuals, like Nicole was saying, to understand the importance of equity and the fact that um, whenever, whenever we have a lot of individuals that have been on, you know, using a metaphor, on the hilltop uh, for so long, 
that we must try and pull the other groups that have been left behind and also have those individuals that are on the hilltop realize that there's enough space for everyone on the hilltop to share that uh, in that privilege and those benefits. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you for having us on the show again. I love that um, image, Chris. That was, I love that image of the hilltop. And Hannah, thank you so much for having us on for this. I'm really excited to be part of this project and a huge thanks to Nicole and Chris for inviting me to be part of the project as well. They came up with this awesome idea and then said, hey, would you like to, to join us for the podcast? And I said, I would love to. And I see equity as being the single most important issue that we as a society need to tackle in our public education systems. We know that those inequities have existed. And as educators, we've seen those inequities and how they affect the kids in our classrooms. Now, because of the pandemic, a lot of those inequities have been brought to light for the public as well. And so I see 2020 and 2021 as pivotal years where we can really begin to develop some systems that are transformative solutions that are going to change those inequities and be able to make education truly equitable in the U.S. And I feel like the education system is where we start that, but that that will then carry over into society where we'll begin to see those equitable opportunities offered to everyone in all systems throughout our society. So I'm so excited to be here today and to have these discussions. And thank you so much for inviting me to be part of the podcast. Again, thank you all for um, for being here. And at this time, I'm just going to kind of hand it over to um, Nicole and Chris, especially since this was kind of their dream child, um, to just kind of talk about exactly what we're going to be talking about in the next three episodes. What is this idea of history to healing? And um, how are we going to tie that back into the classroom? Awesome, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, Chris and I have been communicating for a few months now about what we can do, what we can bring to the county to help us improve in our educational practices, but as a community as well, like as a whole. And so we were talking and getting inspired and then history to healing came up and it was like, yes. And was like, okay, there's a lot of divisiveness going on right now, a lot of uh, controversy, a lot of polarization, and it's over in this, this this grand debate over history and how it's been framed and who it includes and who it excludes and people were taking sides and they just couldn't seem to, you know, come together around uh, not just the history, but the humanity of it all and being able to, to bridge that gap. And so we really wanted to take the approach that, you know what? Yes, we need to look at history. It is important because history is a map of how humanity works. And we we do certain things and we have certain behaviors for certain reasons. And it, it's not just a Cumberland County thing. It's not just a North Carolina thing. It's not just the United States. This is a human thing. These issues that we have and we fight over and we, we, we divide ourselves over have existed for a very long time. And if we look at these patterns and we look at what drives us apart, maybe we can also look at what can bring us back together. If we can address those triggers and those issues of identity and those issues of just um, misinterpretation and misunderstanding, and hopefully tap into the empathy of others rather than into the defenses of others, we can use what we know factually about history as a healing mechanism and not just one for division um, among you know our groups that have to dwell together. We have to dwell together.
All right, Chris, you want to add anything extra? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, again, that's why uh, Nicole, I, I am first run up front. Yeah, you know, I was going to say it. That's why I am first run up to Nicole. Um, just, just well said, you know, I just kind of piggyback off of that. Um, you know, empathy and perspective is really important, you know, for the concept of history to healing. Uh, you know, and, and being a social studies teacher, I've witnessed, especially through the past few years, how a lot of the discussions within the classroom have become more divisive. Uh, people's ability to listen to one another and and hear different historical perspectives with an open mind has become even more uncommon. And, you know, so when Nicole and I met, um, several times we're trying to come up with what is the most effective way we can truly, uh, you know, combine forces and uh, affect change for our county and our colleagues and, and the community as a whole. Uh, you know, that's where really um, history of healing came uh, came about. And by the way, that that name was 100% from Nicole. I could never come up with something that amazing. So, um, yeah, but I, again, I, I think one of the biggest uh, failures right now that's ha been happening within our education system is our inability to teach our students to have difficult discussions, uh, the inability to to teach each other how to to listen and to understand one another. And again, showcasing that word empathy. Um, and what I am afraid of is that we're going to continuously have unfortunate events like January 6th and um, this divisive culture that has engulfed, uh, you know, the current uh, and former, uh, you know, events of the world because our students are not taught how to talk with one another. And we keep on pushing it down the road, down the road where, no, this is not the place to, to have these kind of discussions. Well, public education can be a real tool to, uh, to teaching students to really listen to one another and to have a true discussion. Awesome, and I mean, that was so wonderful and you just highlighted some of the things we want to talk about. So we want to address, uh, you know, the history of our nation, the history of North Carolina, even some history in Cumberland County and how that has impacted our society, be it culturally, be it systems that we see in place that every we know this as adults that every decision has a corresponding consequence be it good or bad but you know sometimes we say oh this is a mess this is a problem but people don't want to track it all the way back to its source so one of the conversations that we want to have is what historical what its choices were made in in the history in history and historical context that still have an echoing impact today. Like how is this looking in our modern world? So history is not irrelevant simply because it happened in the past, it echoes. And that sound, it, it grows and, and, and it has, it, it branches off and you know, and it has this these consequences that we need to address um, for the empathy factor so that people can begin to heal. Because if we can't address the wound, we can't deal with it. We can't heal from it. And so we need to have honest conversation without villainization, meaning that, listen, societies have risen and fallen over wars, over religion, over ethnicities, over 
economic, social economic issues. Like this has happened all over the world. We do not have a patent in the United States on trauma, drama, and you know slavery and all this other stuff. But we have had our share of time in it, and we need to talk about it, and we need to talk about the results of it. And so we want to have that conversation. We also want to talk about why it's so hard to have that conversation. And so we want to bring in experts that can tell us hey, what is it that makes people freeze up and get so defensive and shut down when it's time to have hard conversations? And how can we diffuse that? How can we tear down those walls so that we can build bridges of understanding first? And then those bridges of understanding lead to places of change and transformation. So we want to deal with that. And then we want to bring that even more focus for teachers to where we can say, this is how you do this in a classroom. This is how you do this for children. This is how you guide them through what can seem like landmines of topics and conversations to come to a place of understanding and empathy. Um, I tell my students, I teach 11th graders and I tell them, I'm not, I'm not asking you to sing Kumbaya and agree on everything. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to learn how to express yourself in a manner that lets you be heard and let somebody receive the information. And I'm asking you to be a critical and an open listener so you can decide whether or not you want to expand on your belief system or you may reject something, but can you do that with respect? You know, so we need, those are skills. These are communication skills, soft skills that that these kids need to go out into the business world and communities and and they they're being they're learning how to defend but they're not learning how to mend so we want to take them from you know dealing with the history to a place of healing that's the goal of that i love what nicole just said and something that just you know popped in my head like really our goal as teachers should be to amplify our students voices and that's another you know, major focus of the history you know if we're not teaching our students how to have your voices heard and also to listen to other voices then then we have truly uh failed them you know so and what i was going to say goes right along with that chris that you know most of us probably all of us grew up in the generation that you don't talk about politics you don't talk about religion you don't talk about sexual orientation you don't talk about the controversial things right and honestly, full full vulnerability here to my listeners, I'm still terrible at disagreeing with somebody on one of those most controversial issues, um, especially if it's something that I'm extremely passionate about, like racial equity or um, sexual orientation equity. Like, I, I still have a hard time as a 30, how old am I, 34, 35-year-old woman um, I still have a hard time disagreeing respectfully with somebody on on those issues. So I think it's exactly what you said, Nicole and Chris, that we have to teach people how to do this. And we are the reason we are in the situation we're in is because we were all not taught. <laughs> One of the things that I really loved about this project, as Nicole was telling me about it, and then I started talking to Chris and Hannah about it as well is that you know we we know that there are problems that exist in public education and there will always be problems that exist in public education but it's really our responsibility as educators and the people who really care about those kids and helping them grow into good adults um, that we're looking for solutions 
And that's why I love projects like this one, because they've identified, okay, there's a problem with equitable education, but here's the solutions that we want to explore to try to figure out how do we move to healing? How do we move from a history into a healing um, way that, and, and pulling in experts to analyze, like, why do we sometimes freeze up or why are those, diff- those, those um, conversations so difficult to have? And so I really love that this project is focused on first identifying the issues and helping people understand why those issues exist and what the history is and the policies that have intentionally disenfranchised certain groups of people or in the way that we have viewed history kind of from one perspective and not looked for multiple viewpoints, but then moving forward from that saying, what are the steps forward so that we begin the healing process? How do we bring people back together? How do we teach our kids to have those hard conversations and to have a conversation where maybe at the end, they don't agree with the other person who they were speaking with, but they understand where that other person is coming from and they're respectful of that other person's opinion. And I think that that's really important. And that's why I'm so excited that we're doing this in this podcast and that it's going to be continuing on as a project beyond that, because I really think there's so much opportunity here for us to really push forward education and to make some really good lasting changes that will positively affect the kids who are sitting in our classrooms. That was so beautifully stated, Maureen. And thank you so much, because you just like really delineated all that good stuff. So that was great. Um, So, and that's awesome. And one of the reasons, and I know some people shy away from feelings and exploration and not wanting to look at humanity and all that other stuff, but you have to understand that people need to buy in and they need to buy in, not just to the idea, they need to buy into the humanity of everyone involved in this. Like, Everyone is human and we have basic needs and it's more than a chart in somebody's hierarchy. It is a reality for all of us that we need to feel safe. We need to feel understood. We need to feel accepted. We need to have a sense of identity and who we are and where we belong in our world, in our society, in our school, in our families. All of that is important for healthy human beings. And if we are excluding anyone from that circle of being the same level of human, as we are, then we start to create inhuman things all the way to the point where we can create monsters. And I know that sounds scary and trippy, but we can look around our society and know that when we don't nurture the humanity in people, then we can create something else. And so we're trying to get our students to understand and be able to talk about these things and express their own frustrations, their own fears, their own conceptions and misconceptions so that they don't turn negative feelings inward or outward towards someone else. And then we have the situations that we see arising today. So, you know, we have to address that when, you know, we are doing this big push for mental and emotional awareness. And you have to understand that when our society is in such an uproar that it affects our kids. And they don't have places where they can mentally and emotionally rest because their adults are in a state of constant unrest because we don't know how to navigate these difficult topics and bring closure to these difficult problems. So it is important to have the voices that come in from a professional standpoint saying, look, you guys, let me tell you why you're so afraid. Let me tell you why these conversations trip you out. And let me tell you the benefit of having them anyway so that you can move forward and move your children forward. And like Maureen said in another meeting, you know, hopefully this will not be a conversation for our children's children if we can get this ball rolling. Right. And like 
like the amazing James Baldwin had said, a civilization is not destroyed by wickedness. It, it, the only thing that really is required is to be spineless. So we have to do the hard things. We have to have these discussions. We have to learn how to, to listen to one another. It's not easy, um, but it, it must be done. And I think the other thing that's really cool about this team is you have a science teacher, an English teacher, a social studies teacher, and an elementary ed teacher. And I think that that demonstrates that this is not a single subject issue, or this is not an issue that's just for one content area. This is an issue that goes across all grade bands. It's an issue that goes across all subject areas. And ultimately, while my job is to teach those essential standards in science, my job as an educator is to educate my kids to be prepared when they exit our school in 12th grade. And this is a big part of that. Be making sure our kids are ready to move into the next stage and that they're ready to be the innovators and the legislatures and the mayors and the presidents and the scientists and the first person to step on Mars, making sure that we've given them the tools that they need to be successful in each of those realms. And I feel like we've, we're doing that work here by projects like this, where we're intentionally focusing on teaching our kids how to have those hard conversations, teaching our kids how to be a productive member of society, teaching our kids the importance of empathy. And I think that all of this work will greatly benefit, and we, we may not see it. it. It may be that our grandchildren sit under the shades of the trees that we planted as seeds today. But down the line, the work that educators are putting in today to try to help the situation and to try to move forward, both as educators and to move our kids forward, we will see that see that progress at some point in the future. And I thank you so much, Hannah, for your platform and for using your platform for this kind of work. It is so necessary, it is so needed. And so we appreciate being able to come together, use your platform as a way to get out a message that we think is so, so very important. And you, I know that each of us in our own way have either experienced or seen issues that deal with inequity, be it, you know, you know, race-based, gender-based, you know, whatever it is, we've seen it, you know, in some way, form or fashion. And when I say minority-based, sometimes you are not just a minority based on your skin color. Sometimes you're just a minority based on how you think and perceive the world. And everyone around you is, you know, or, or almost everyone around you is thinking the totally opposite way. And you feel that isolation and you can't express who you are and what you think because, you know, you feel like it's not safe. And so the goal for teachers is to create classrooms where it is safe to express yourself in responsible ways, not just to say anything or to do anything. And it's safe to be challenged without feeling like somebody is ripping apart your identity. And you can. And the reason why we need to look at history is because you need to look at facts and data and statistics. And you also need to look at the people in front of you to see what your opinion and how your perceptions play out in real life and not just conceptually. So safe spaces is not just a space to do you and teach your students, do you, be you, and don't care. That's not realistic because humans are relational, right? So we need safe spaces where we can speak what we're thinking and if I find out that it's totally erroneous because Hannah, Chris, and Maureen respectfully tell me why my opinion is really not based in any sort of fact or empirical evidence, 
then I can be challenged to rethink this thing. That needs to happen, but we have to create those environments for that to happen. So I don't feel like because my opinion was wrong, my identity is now destroyed. Well, I am honored and happy to have you use my platform for this important conversation. And um, Nicole and Maureen kind of alluded to how this is going to go from here, but the first big conversation we'll have is going to be focused on the history. And um, we're going to bring in some experts who, who know the, the history and how it's affected race relations specifically. Um, and look at some things that are pretty close to home, things that are happening here in North Carolina in Cumberland County. And then we're going to move towards a conversation about the feeling, um, the empathy that Nicole was talking about and why we have such a hard time having these conversations um, with people that we disagree with. And then finally, uh, we're going to tie it back into, into the classroom. We know that, or I know that most people who listen to this podcast are educators in some for, so, in some form or fashion. And so we want to kind of tie that back into the classroom. How can you kind of use this model to have difficult conversations in your classroom, no matter what grade? Like you said, Maureen, um, it's so important that um, those of us who work with the younger students don't shy away from it um, because they're dealing with it. It's part of their everyday lives outside of school. So it needs to be part of their lives in school as well. So I look forward to um, the rest of our conversations. And um, thanks again for coming on. I am so excited to share the rest of this series with you. As I was taking a walk through my neighborhood last weekend, I was listening to a new social justice song from my good friend, Chris Matthews, out of Washington, D.C. She wrote a song in tribute to the life of John C. Lewis that perfectly sums up what we are trying to accomplish through this series. The song, entitled Call Them In, was released on John Lewis's birthday, February 21st. I hope you will take a moment to listen to the song wherever you listen to music. It's available. Here are the lyrics to the chorus. This is what revolution looks like. You got to get in, then stay in this fight. Find a way to get in the way. Speak up, speak out every day. Freedom writers or letter writers, do what you can. Just shine your light brighter. Make good trouble every chance you get. Eyes on the prize, we're not finished yet. Don't tolerate injustice, my friends. Call them out, but then... Call them in. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Issues Now. We'll see you next time for more conversations about equity.